Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Salt Lake City. Welcome to the show, Robbie Butler. Thank you, Victor. Honored to be on. Well, great to have you here. Now, you've just recently joined the Y Street Capital team, our development company, and wanted to get some of your first impressions of the business now from the inside. You've seen it from both the outside and the inside. But before we do, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. I started out as a professional fundraiser for the nonprofit side, basically beginning in high school, moving on through college, gained experience there, went into my career as that type of role and loved that space, loved listening to investors' needs, listening to donors' needs, solving problems for them, providing good solutions and a good relationship as well. I started buying real estate on the side during the pandemic, and after several apartment transactions, found this entrepreneurial love that exploded for me. Loved what I could see there, the opportunity I saw. Apartments made sense, and so I started to grow my experience there but I also learned about syndication, which was a perfect fuse for my professional fundraising experience and my love of real estate. As I continued to navigate and try and work deals out that provided this additional model, I realized there's a lot more that I have to learn than just having done a few transactions and now I can take on investors. And so as I continued to take little bites out of that process of growing a syndication company, I realized I do need to find some mentors. I do need to find some help. We met two years ago at a real estate guys event. And I will never forget that conversation because I took things away that are continually reinforced on the Real Estate Espresso podcast where we are now. I love it. Your role within the company is a couple of different roles. You're going to be involved in artificial intelligence, assessing what that impact will be on our business and looking for ways to incorporate that into our systems and business processes, as well as in an investor relations role. Now, of all the things you could have done in the world, why did you cast your eyes towards Y Street Capital? What was it that attracted you to the company? I realized as I continued to learn and network in the world of real estate, there is degrees of professionalism. You can have people who are somehow making it work, even with a scattershot approach to fundraising and deal doing and perhaps they get lucky from a 10-year market run-up and then on the other hand there are deeply professional companies that understand the caretaking of investors understand the opportunity it presents to be able to provide investors with good deals and good opportunities and a good relationship when i read your book magnetic capital that aligned perfectly with my philosophy for investor relations and so that made all the sense in the world to me but additionally looking at some of the specific opportunities, looking at the way the team works, the, the lean mindset of being able to work on deals efficiently and with a quality that is, I would say, unparalleled in the syndication space for this size company. I said, I would love to do anything I can to help that company grow. So that's how I made that choice. And now that you're on the inside, not very long, you've been here a little while, what have you observed? What have you seen? What have you learned now having seen it from the inside? I've learned that Y Street is uncompromising in its discipline for its deals, for the criteria with which it presents its opportunities to investors, all of the pieces that a company needs to be able to 
refer to, basically the principles, the policies, that has been such a breath of fresh air for me. I mentioned earlier that freewheeling concept that I've observed some companies go through, and I don't see that here because I know when you've got a policy, especially on the underwriting, especially with the with the investors' needs, wants, and desires, you know you want to uncover everything there is to uncover before making a commitment. And that is so refreshing to me. It, it's a confidence builder. You know you've got systems and you've got secondary systems to support the business. You've got no chances of single point failure. These, these are things that some companies can go years and billions of dollars without. And yet, here we are with a stability to it that is it's really refreshing. Well, very cool. Thank you for that. And it's certainly something we try to do uh, each and every day. There's a lot of organizations that profess to be learning organizations. And they, they say that, but do they really do it? And one of the things that certainly has been important to me as one of the leaders here in the organization is that we really have that culture of continuous improvement so that when something goes wrong, because things do go wrong, this is the real world, that the problem gets fixed uh, from a process perspective, from a systems perspective. It's something that hopefully doesn't happen again because we've put that system in place. Talk a little bit about maybe some of the folks that you've met. You're already speaking with investors. You're already talking to some of our partners. What's been some of the feedback from then? Again, as an outsider, so to speak, what are some of the things that you're hearing from them? I'm hearing that when you feel like you've got a good partner, you want to continue your relationship with that partner. I think about this a lot from my previous experience fundraising. People will tell you anything if you're willing to listen to them long enough to take in what they want to say. So if you have a real relationship with an investor, with a builder partner, with a potential seller or buyer of a property, you can present things that get deals done. And when you've got that ability to get deals done, people grow their trust in you. They want to invest more with you. They want to continue the relationship. And that's that's where real business strength exists. So all the way back to my original fundraising career as a nonprofit person, listening to that continue on with Y Street's investors, with partners that you have out in the marketplace, to continually hear that thread exist is, again, a fun thing to recognize. Very cool. One of the things that attracted us to you, to having you join the organization is, and we observed very early on that you tend to put yourself in the shoes of the investor when you have that dialogue with them. And we experienced that when you were having early dialogues with us. Can you talk a little bit about what that investor dialogue experience looks like? Uh, What are the things that you look to pull out of that conversation? When an investor speaks, this is a classic conversational technique, but you are not listening with the intent to respond. You are listening with the intent to understand. So what does it look like? From a statistical standpoint, I'm looking to have the investor do 70% of the talking. I may guide gently into the direction that they feel will be useful to accomplish their goals. And yet there's so much of the experience that someone gets when they're trying to make a real estate investment, which is sell, 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 sell. Work to try and drag somebody's money in, even if they may not understand the opportunity. If they're sold, they're sold and you drag them in. What an investor should be experiencing is a sincere and patient methodology for growing trust, for growing the relationship. And 
I mentioned that 70-30 principle. There's another principle out there that I hew towards, which is that if there is some truth that has to be known, either about the deal or about the investor's context that they're making the investment in, then there's nothing to be afraid of in that concept. If the deal has got a risk issue, you don't have to hide it because you should have planned for it. If the investor has got context for their money that perhaps they're concerned about, but it's the truth of the source of the money, you can draw that out gently, but it won't hurt anything because it's the reality of the situation. We don't have to fear this reality. A mutual mentor of ours, George Ross, makes that exact same statement. You don't have to be afraid of the truth. It is the truth. So let it come out gently. You don't have to rip it out by the hair. And yet, when you know the truth, you can make the correct decision more likely. I love that. I've observed you speaking with individual investors, and they might be folks that are just starting out. They're maybe looking to write a small check, maybe 50000 And I've seen you talking to large institutional investors, which, quite frankly, for someone who's new in the company, it's rare to put someone in the deep end of the pool, so to speak, talking to institutional investors. But I felt confident that you would handle yourself in the correct way. You talk a little bit about that experience of being thrown into the deep end and talking with those institutional investors. One of my favorite books is The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And his law, that is the law of authenticity, says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. The experience that I have is kind of irrelevant because it is truly about that person. And if I can be genuinely curious about them, which as an aside is the trick to effective networking, to effective relationship building, effective fundraising, serious and consistent curiosity about the other person draws out the information you need, whether in the short or the long run. Sometimes you have to be patient. An institutional investor is not going to hand out their exact family history in a family office case, their family history, but they're they're not going to hand out every piece of their due diligence process, their context, what they're looking for all at once, but authenticity from yourself and a genuine curiosity about who that person is and their context within the institution begins to open doors. And in the institutional side, you're looking for the open door to their actual process. That may be the email of the real manager of the family office. It may be the the contact information or a 15-minute Zoom meeting. You don't know where these things always go or end up, but the principle remains the same, that genuine curiosity gets you where otherwise you look like a pitch master who's trying to get as many people into their deal as possible. And no one wants that experience, even if they're institutional. I love it. Well, Robbie, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? You can find me on my LinkedIn profile very frequently, but also feel free to reach out to me at robbie.butler at ystreetcapital.com. I love it. Well, great to have you here on the team. It's been great spending time with you here with uh, institutional investors at at the Fact Right Conference and thrilled to have you here as part of the team. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Robbie at robbie.butler at ystreetcapital.com. Link will be in the show notes. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.